One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What I wanted to ask you is because I had an Irish guy on the other day and... Now I've lost all confidence in saying last names. So for the guests, welcome Sophie. But how do you pronounce your last name? Colgan. Colgan. I would have fucked it up. Oh really? I would have been like. Colgan. Well, I get Colgan <laughs> a lot here in the US. I call it C O L G A N. But now I'm married, and I haven't changed my name yet. But my husband's name is Glynn, and I'm like Sophie Glynn has a nice like. I have that. I love my name, and like. It's not that I'm like, oh, I really don't want to change my name, but I'm also like the hassle that's going to come with trying to change it, like because of like green cards and passports. And yeah, yeah so I'm still going by Sophie Colgan. I don't think he really minds. So, oh, no. And Sophie Glynn does sound like someone who like performs on Glee or something. It yeah, seems like, like a famous <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should singer, Broadway singer. Yeah. Like Glynn, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, so I'm Sophie Colgan. Colgan. Um, and so you have Navigate in New York podcast. Yes. So, how, how did you start that? Or? So I started Navigate in New York, like so many people did during the pandemic. <laughs> um, and it's been dormant for a while because I've been traveling. I was um, away and I was in South America for a few months. Um, my husband and I kind of had this planned for like the last two years. So we finally went and did it. It was all amazing. But um, Navigate in New York came about during the pandemic. So I've worked like since I moved to New York in July this year, I'll be here 10 years. So wow. that's like crazy to me. I'm like, how has that gone so quickly? But I guess I've been quite lucky in the sense that since I moved here, I've worked a lot in like the Irish American community. So my first kind of proper job was in an Irish museum um, up on Fifth Avenue across from the Met. And I was like the events and marketing coordinator. And it was the dream job for me because I worked or my degree was in communications and public relations. And I love like all Irish arts. And it was just such a cool experience for me in New York because I got to meet so many Irish people as soon as I got here. And an Irish American people who were like, willing to like pull me up with them and like you know like give me contacts and help me like develop so I also got to do some pretty cool events like I got to like host the president of Ireland Michael D Higgins when he visited New York and I got to like you know like see all these kind of different plays and see actors and just really appreciate like the Irish artists that have moved away from Ireland so I Whenever the pandemic started, I wasn't working in the museum anymore. And I was kind of like missing that like element of connection and like storytelling that I kind of always had like a bit of a front row seat for. 
So I was like, I should do a podcast about all of the amazing Irish people that live in New York. <laughs> so and with that came, I was like, right, how can I frame it? And what has it meant for me to kind of come here and have this community? Um, and I was like, it's helped me navigate New York. It's helped me get like my first apartment, my first job, like extra work if I needed it, visas, etc. So that's why I came up with Navigating New York, which sort of started out with like trying to help people in their career. So if you're just starting out here and you're trying to get into a certain industry, I tried to find someone Irish that maybe I knew or heard of and would interview them. And then it sort of kind of organically shifted into talking about why people have left home. And that doesn't just apply to Irish people, obviously. New York is like where everybody comes and there's everyone from everywhere. So, and the US even. So yeah, now it's kind of turned into like navigating life and then yeah so I've I've I'm recording season three at the minute and I'm kind of excited to like sort of let it be a little bit more conversational and let it flow a wee bit more and not just talk about like when did you get here what did you do you know like talk to people about their experience and why is 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 it possible to have two homes or is it possible to pivot in your career or are we like program to be in New York and feel like we have to work a million hours or you know so it's nice now I, I find like the more I've done it the more easy it's sort of become to have those conversations because you know it can be hard especially if you don't really know your guest I'm like yeah. very formal and then I'm like that's no that's too like rigid when you do it like that I mean it depends either or because sometimes it's like an interview style sometimes it's just chats like a lot of the time when I'm doing the podcast I'll have like a list of things and then we never we never we never get to the stuff but it's always good <laughs> yeah you know it's like fine it's yeah. like nice but that's what I loved about having you on navigating New York because it just sort of rolled into a chat and then I was like oh yeah like I had some questions to ask you and that actually that particular episode really helped me to be like it's nice when things kind of naturally flow and that and then you lead into conversations that you didn't really mean to have, which yeah. is really, I think, more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that anyway. You know what I, uh, as a side note, wanted to ask, and it's not about your podcast, but yeah. the whole time you were talking about it, um, is your husband American? No, he's from Galway. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking, like, with the navigating New York, do you meet yeah. American? No. Okay. So you're, did you move here together or you met here? No. Like my dad always says, he's like, you went all the way to America <laughs> and you married an Irishman. <laughs> Um, so I met him here on my first summer, like my J1 that I did before I moved. So I did like a three month thing with my friends and before my final year of university. And he had already moved here. He'd actually been living in Chicago for two two years. Um, so, yeah, I met him. And then whenever I moved here officially, that's when we like we, we stayed in touch. And then we kind of officially started dating. And then, yeah, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> So you've dated an Irishman the whole time, the, the whole in, time in New York. Have you ever dated Americans? No, I have never dated <laughs> Americans, which is actually such a like bad thing to say. I have um, met many Americans, <laughs> but I've never dated any. That's so funny. <laughs> that is actually quite funny. I've never thought about it that way. Um, but I often say that we're just roommates because when I moved here, he was like, do you want to stay? Do you, like, do you want to stay because you've nowhere else to stay? And I was like, perfect. And then 10 years later, we got married. We've <laughs> just shared an apartment. <laughs> so you were living together before you were even official? Yeah, so we were living together. Actually, it's funny because 
we both we started in Woodlawn and uh, he was in a house that <laughs> for any of the American listeners this is Sorry. like the most Irish I should have given context like... <laughs> it's in the Bronx it's um, the last stop on the four train it's where a lot of Irish have been for generations and it's um it's just like living in it's 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 such a lovely thing for us to have here because you go there and you feel like you're at home it's all our shops it's like little italy but little ireland yeah. um but so whenever i came here that for the like officially moving here my friend and i called um his house in woodlawn galway because we just felt like there was like 15 galway people who yeah. lived in the house there was just people always changing like <laughs> There was, I don't know, even half the people that lived there, but a lot of like people kind of like just they had it was like a house of like six bedrooms. So we were there like we were kind of just like my my good friend Hannah and I just like lived there in one room for like a year. And then she was moving back to Ireland. And then Brian and I had like officially started properly being like official. And then we moved into an apartment with a friend of his. And then then eventually we, we got our own apartment. So yeah that's how, that's how it started we didn't it's so it seems like we just like it was all planned out but it actually just worked in a very nice way that we kind of got to know each other better then because we were living in the same place so that was yeah. nice I always think it's like important because like I think as Irish people in our kind of tradition like and and I suppose a lot of people who are Christian they like date and then they get married and then they live together yeah and I just think that must be so hard, like to be to to not live with someone before you marry them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I even feel like when you live together, there it, it seems like less pressure pressure for a marriage because yeah. I think other uh, people in relationships are like, okay, we need to get engaged before we live together, and then when when you actually live together, you're like, oh, this is just what a marriage is anyway. Exactly. Um, if you can get through that, you can yeah. get like marriage is kind of just like a nice next step but like one of my sisters my four sisters um so she's like married with two kids really happy um and she but they her and her husband not by not by like plan but they were like building their house in Ireland so it all just lined up that they weren't living together until they got married and she was like oh my god <laughs> she was like, you do not do not know someone until you live together I'm like yeah we knew each other inside out by the time we got married <laughs> yeah. I think um when we when me and my boyfriend moved in together it made our relationship better because yeah. it was just like yeah you do get to know them on a different level yeah and like yeah and the opposite as well could be like where it's like no this person's a fucking nightmare I'm out but at least you haven't committed to exactly but the thing is so it's funny we were I was saying that we were in South America we met this really really nice German guy in Peru um and we're actually meeting him tomorrow he lives in Brooklyn and we were talking about um so he's looking for an apartment in Brooklyn he's been living here for like a year and a half and he's dating a girl who also lives in Brooklyn and I was like would you not just move in with her and he was like no 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 he was like because if we break up what do we do like do we just live together until the lease is over he's like I was like that's actually really smart because then you have to like that makes a breakup more intense because you also have to be like, right, I have to get all my stuff out of here and find somewhere else. Let's just stay together. <laughs> Do you know? Oh, well, absolutely. I wonder as well if, so if you're, so for any Irish listeners here, it's a 12 month lease and you will have to pay the continuation of the lease if you don't find someone else to come in and you, you might have to secretly sublet it. Like I tried to, I had signed a lease when I first moved over here and then I hated like the conditions I was living in. Yeah. So I just like, which is probably mean, but I like sublet it to someone else on 
Craigslist. Yeah. So it, it worked out. But um, I feel like people, if you are, if you have a hard thing in a relationship, you might just break up. But if you live together, you're like, oh, I still got yeah. six months. You might work through it better, though. Yeah. In one way, you know, <laughs> you might like. Resilience. <laughs> you, you become more like uh, willing to compromise because you're like, oh, well. You know, I, yeah, that was annoying that he did that. And yeah. usually I'd break up, but let's work through this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the least. exactly. So I think, though, that's the difference about living in your home country, wherever that yeah. is, with family, that you kind of have that safety net. Like you can go and stay at your sisters or your yeah. parents, but here it's a little more intense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we kind of had all of those. Like it was the first three or four years until we actually moved in only just us so yeah and now we live um in jersey so we're like just north of hoboken and there's so much more space there than manhattan <laughs> i know a couple of irish who've gone out there yeah. yeah it's funny people are like you live in jersey and you like work in well i work for myself but like i'm in the city all the time they're like that's crazy i'm like no literally the ferry across like drops me at 39th street and it takes six minutes and you're in the city like yeah. it's and there's the bus you're right at the lincoln tunnel so we love we love it there so we were in the bronx first um and then in jersey it's really yeah we really like it there we've got like look like we've got like a nice spacious apartment as opposed to what we we were going to live on the upper east side we i always wanted to live in the upper east side i think because we lit i worked there for a while and like we were just the apartments were just so small i was like we're really big like we're both six foot i'm like we need some more room <laughs> Well, he's six two, but I'm six foot. But I'm like, yeah, we're too big for these tiny apartments. And you said you work for yourself. What do you do? So I, well, I say work for myself. I set up my own consultancy two years ago. So it's just me. It's me. Like that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's why I love doing you. comedy. I don't like having a boss. Or... Yeah. So essentially, I am still doing similar work to what I was doing before I set it up. But now, you know, I. I do it sort of independently. So I'm a contractor as opposed to an employee for one organization. So I work with like some nonprofits, with some like cultural organizations, and I help with their public relations, their like fundraising and like events coordination. So it's nice now because I have a little bit of variety and instead of just working for one organization. But then again, it's like, I'm sure it's like with comedy or anything that you're sort of self-employed in that you can have like, it's like a feast or a famine. Sometimes yeah. you're like loads of work and then, but it's funny, like, because before we traveled, like we, we left for South America in December and then we just got back there like early May and being away from work, like I was able to do a little bit of stuff online, but like, it was just nice for me to be like a little bit more focused on, not focused, but just get a remember why I want to work in the sort of with the different organizations that I work with and sort of I think before we left I was just saying yes to every project yeah. and then I was kind of burning out on some things and then I felt like my podcast was even though it like really doesn't make any money for me but it's something I want to pursue pursue I'm like I wasn't prioritizing the thing I wanted I just thought I have to say yes to every bit everything that comes and I think you and I kind of chatted about that as well that you can sometimes lose the way especially yeah. when you're doing it for yourself you're like oh shit like yeah. no one else I'm not just going to get a check every week if I don't actually do all this stuff but then it's about finding that balance I think yeah no absolutely I feel the same too with, with comedy like you know a lot of comedians feel like they have to take every single gig but then you get established enough that you don't necessarily have to and you can pick or choose um, but there's still that kind of guilt and even last night I did a show and the guy who runs it is so nice it was going to be unpaid but I was like, I like the guy who runs it. 
and um before the show started uh he was like oh all the audience are sitting in the back and it's like a club they should always sit up the front uh, but this club didn't have a bouncer usually they have a bouncer and um i was like i'll just get on stage and tell them to move up if you like and he was like oh that would be so great because you know because you not to like gender roles but he, he we were both kind of thinking usually when a woman gets up and it's like hey can you get it's just like a softer yeah. touch yeah and that they might just ignore him off the bat because he's like a guy and he has like a very a, he's very irish american he's yeah. very like oh my god man he's very curmudgeon yeah. so he was like oh that would be great so i was just trying to be nice and uh on stage i was asking everybody to move up and they were like yeah yeah of course no problem and they were coming up and there was a couple in the corner and i was like um do you guys want to move up and then they didn't answer me and i was like um, do, you, do you think you'll move up? And then they didn't answer me. And then I was like, can you can you hear me? <laughs> and they didn't answer me. And I was like, I'm so confused. And then I just was like, did I just like slip into a different dimension? Yeah. And uh, the rest of the audience kind of laughed at that. And then he shouted at me. And he was like, I don't have to fucking explain to you why I would be uncomfortable moving up. But I mean, he was like in the corner in the back. Like, there's no reason why I had a show. Now you're just like a peeping Tom yeah, in the back. Uh, but I just go, okay, I'm done. And then I got off and uh, the guy the guy who runs it was like, thank you so much. I'm sorry about that guy. I don't know what's good. Just don't interact with him when it's during your set. And I was like, yeah, obviously I'm not going to fucking interact. You want me to cry on stage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then Great I'm on time. stage, I'm doing my set and I'm just performing to the people there. And it's all grand. And I definitely felt like there was, I don't know, there was something in him that was like a bias against me. I don't know what it was, but mm. it felt charged. Wow. Do you know? It felt... Wow. Uh, and but as I was performing I was like and I was having fun and stuff like that and I had, I did my job and I got off but I kind of thought I'm not fucking paid to be here do you yeah, know what I mean this yeah. is this wasn't I I was tired today I didn't want to come out mm. or else next time I won't offer not not to be like you shouldn't offer to help but it's not my show yeah it wasn't worth that yeah you know I don't need to have fuck, fucking please everybody and that's it that's it like I think we can be people pleasers and I that's a big characteristic I notice in myself it's such an Irish thing I think do you think so I think so like yeah. I'm, I'm always generalizing Irish people but then every time I talk to an Irish person there's a big like yeah a big people pleasing no thing. there is there de- no I agree with you but sometimes I'm like I think I do the same thing and I'm like am I like like we were talking I was with friends last night and they um, are also Irish and they're amazing but they- we were talking about like sometimes when people get to a certain level of success like do they sometimes you know really successful people might have the opportunity to help somebody a little less successful mm-hmm. who's like from the same place as them and and so the, someone at dinner sort of said, oh, yeah, like, you know, Irish people can sometimes not do that. Like they don't they kind of pull the ladder up behind them. Oh, really? And I was like, that is not my experience at all. I was like, I've been like so I think every group is different. And like it's it's hard. It's like we do kind of typically generalize things like, oh, that's such an Irish thing. But I was like, I actually really disagree with that. I'm like, I think that's just every kind of diversity of people there's always going to be the kind of more selfish person Mm -hmm. who's not going to help anyone no matter if you're from the same like country or not like I think we see that especially in America I'm like that I also do think that like when you're living somewhere really competitive it might sort of change you a little bit and I think that it's important to like it's to me that's like that example that you just gave about the guy doing that like it's it's so uh, sometimes I think especially maybe New Yorkers would that's like water off a duck's back they're yeah. like whatever like, <laughs> like fuck that guy it really hurt me Wait, I know and I think that's really like an important quality that like not to lose as well because it's like that's actually like we don't want to just let things like that 
like just go and like it's good to be resilient but like that's hurtful and again you're in a like I I MC events and stuff like it's something that's kind of just happened throughout my sort of life in New York and now I've been getting I put like MC in my bio on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and I'm getting all these (laughs) offers I'm like this is so good like I really enjoy that sort of performative part of like public relations or fundraising or whatever it might be and I can like sometimes I'm like right before I go on I'm like holy shit this is like adrenaline like I'm excited to do this but you're also very vulnerable and like that's something that I just think in your line of work cannot be like underplayed because you have to like I I just have such respect for a comedian especially a female comedian to get up and you're there being like you're good honest self I'm gonna help (laughs) out I'm gonna do this and then like some asshole does that but at least you got up and you continued and you didn't like yeah I still did my set afterwards I went out when I was and I just performed to the people and like I think um with that if it had been a diff if I had been in during my set or if I'd have been a different show uh, usually when people heckle you I, I'll always be able to handle it but yeah. there was something that it, it it's like I felt it it felt yeah. charged like it yeah. felt like I don't know what yeah. issue he had but it felt like this isn't about me no maybe this is about women maybe this yeah. is he had a bad experience with like you know mm. uh, a white woman at one point or maybe it's an Irish woman but it yeah. felt like he was like mm, oh my god what because it was like any I feel like any person who didn't have uh, and I like a, a, a personal or something and exper- he would have just been like oh we don't want to move up yeah but it was just from the bat to ignore yeah. it felt like so disrespectful but it felt yeah. like there was something there that I'm like I'm not getting into this no, or maybe it's there. just a person who who had a bad day and was looking mm. to fight with someone I don't know I but know. it was like it felt like I, it didn't feel like the normal like heckle or someone mm. getting mad it, it didn't feel like it would be fun if I interacted with it so yeah. I was just like all right yeah <laughs> Maybe he should have went to like therapy or yoga instead of a comedy <laughs> class or a comedy show. Like that's just bizarre. But yeah, that's I I think that sometimes it's it's very especially because you're on like you're on stage and you're I like that. I think you can sometimes like take for granted that people are going to be as like I do think that we reciprocate energy and whenever mm. like sometimes like for instance I feel like if you're going into a job interview if you're so nervous and stuff you can be really that can like reflect on the person and the whole thing can become a bit stagnant whereas if you have confidence and you're happy often it like I always think that as well with family like especially when you live away from home and you go home and you know the way things can be just tense like whatever's going on if you come in with lots of energy and happiness and you're being helpful and normal and nice that's often reflected like in whatever situation but yeah that's that guy just that's how I feel that's because I've offered to do that for a ton of shows like Mm. I've been and the host has been and it's like really stressful for the host to have to like ask people so like like let's say if you're at New York comedy New York comedy club they will say um you have to sit up the front and then we sit backwards and they they shout that they have a bouncer because it would be insane to be performing someone in the dark mm-hmm. in the corner it doesn't make sense it makes for a bad show and mm-hmm. um, but then you'll go to these shows and i have done it a couple of times where i'm like i don't mind getting up because i know i'm like positive and, and usually yeah, that was like so out of left field but look yeah. you're gonna but um what i wanted to say about uh with the Irish friend saying that Irish people close the door behind them. I don't, yeah. I haven't found that either. And I think what happens is sometimes, I think it's what you said is in maybe someone gets caught up in, in this New York mm. and it's like maybe one Irish person did that to someone. And mm. then it's like, we kind of, whereas in my experience, um, for the most part, I found Irish and um, people quite helpful 
And like, so every time an Irish person reaches out to me, um, I'll always like give them all the contacts. And you know, sometimes you'll miss a message, but then you'll follow up and, 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 and you'll, uh, you know, and, and I'll take them around or whatever I can when it comes to comedians, just because, yeah, I, sh- I feel like I should do that. Yeah. And it's important to give any opportunities where you can. Um, and I found that like with other Irish comics, like when Shane Todd came here, he had me open, he reached out, he found who was the Irish comics um, and he connected me with whatever, like that's the reason why I'm going to be doing the Dead Rabbit shows because he wow. connected me there. Um, and, you know, when, when Aaron came over, I like got him on my shows and helped him out. And like, that's just the way it should be. I always think that, um, yeah, you should. And the other side of it is, though, sometimes I wonder, do you have to know your level. So let's say if someone's like, oh, an Irish person closed the door and didn't give them an opportunity. But it's like, but could that person do that opportunity? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, if, if someone comes over here and they're from Ireland and they're like, I've never done stand up comedy. Can you help me get a spot on New York Comedy Club? No, that's yeah. mental. Yeah, exactly. I, I can um, point you in the direction of Mike's. I can. Um, so each level, do you know, like, whereas when Aaron comes over, Aaron's well capable to senior comedy club. I'll happily yeah. uh, recommend him. But then there's other comics who are younger and it's like, oh, here's this list of produced shows. Yeah. I'm not going to recommend them for the club where yeah. it would be bad for them to even. That's insane. I'm not going to put someone up who's just going to bomb their hole off. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? It's like there's levels. So I do wonder sometimes do people go, oh, well, they didn't give me this opportunity. And it's like, well, they, that's also their, they can't recommend you for that. Yeah. You're not able to do. Yeah. So I, I, there's yeah. like so many like gray areas with these with these things. It, it, it's so true. And I think there's, as you say, there's like a balanced kind of approach to it because I find that like, especially if you're from a small town, like I'm known as the like, the successful person, <laughs> Sophie, who moved to New York. Oh my god! And like, I really haven't like I've I've achieved things, but like I'm not in any way celebrity or famous or. But like they then think that you and you are like you've actually achieved things. You have like a, like a no, name. No, so have you though. You're your own you. job. Thank you so much. That's but, but you know what I mean. I think that they think oh, if you contact like, sometimes it does get a bit like oh, I'm not like that's not what I do, or I can try to help you in this manner, but. It's also on the other scale of it, though, it's like you have to I think that like if you're looking for, say, for instance, like there's a, a I won't name the person, but there's a person who's made a big name for themselves in media in New York and they're Irish. And I wanted to get their advice on like I was like, I wonder would they I was trying to like make a decision with a career move and I reached out to them and I really wasn't expecting and and a sorry a response and that person went over and above for me they did like a zoom call with me and like went through all of the pros and cons and I was like oh my god but I kind of didn't approach that with like I was like if you ever had time I'd love to just get your thoughts on this but absolutely no pressure um and then they came back to be like I think when you you don't like force it upon a person they're going to be more intrigued like it's like this book I'm reading it's called tribe of mentors i don't know if you've read no. re- reading it i'm not reading it, reading it. Um, <laughs> so it's by a guy. i mean that's how i would say it too <laughs> yeah are you reading it yeah my sister my niece actually is like five she's called sienna she's so beautiful she's learning how to read at the minute and she's like learning things phonetically and it's so hot she's really good at spelling and she's like she was like learning the word one like how to spell like the number one like O-N-E and she was like she was writing a note for me and she said one day and she spelled it like W-O-N and I'm like that is actually phonetically yes. how you would spell one like she's I'm like you're actually so smart but anyway so this um this book I'm reading is Tim Ferriss Tribe of Mentors and he basically interviews like 150 of the best 
most successful CEOs of all different, not just CEOs, but people who are super successful in different industries. And he asked them all the same 12 questions about how they've gotten to where they are. And basically, he's like, in in the book, it's it's very interesting because everybody has different, like depending if they're like a chef or they're uh, like an artist or a singer or they're like a CEO of a big tech company. There's like themes throughout the answers. And it's like, if you are like trying to progress in your own career, your own journey, you cannot depend on someone else to like do that work for you. Mm -hmm. And you have to be as prepared as possible and like make it as, like he even actually in the like prelude to the book, he talks about how he like sent all these emails out, like he sent like a thousand out to like these people and only a certain number came back. But it's all about your approach. Like if you kind of make it intriguing for them and you show them that they, this isn't going to take a lot of their time and it would be super interesting to get their point of view they're more inclined to do it or at least even reply and be like, oh, I'm really sorry, I don't have time, you know. So I think it's the way like in general, it's the way that you kind of observe it or the way that you approach it. Like if you're, you know, and I think that's important, especially when you're new to a city is like not to like put all your eggs in one basket and be like, this person could help me if to kind of sort of be prepared for that. They might not have time. And as you say, they might not actually have the like have the ability to do that certain thing that you think that they can because their their reality might be a little different no absolutely and i do think for the majority of irish messages i've gotten they've been really like nice and sweet and like and people even just messaging being like have you have a chance i'm just the question i get a lot is like visas and i'm like each time i'm like i'm sorry i'm not a (laughs) here i have no no idea i don't even know how i'm here yeah (laughs) let's not talk about that yeah 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 yeah. let's not get into it um But yeah, so, but yeah, I think for the most part, uh, people do, they do send, like Irish people for sure. It's a very yeah. like, oh, please, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for the odd, um, for the odd person who's maybe shut down, maybe you've been, you were asking for too much. Or also like if someone messaged me, you know, um, a listener messaged me and they were going through a problem with another podcast and I don't really understand it, so I won't get into it, but I don't think it sounds great i think maybe this podcast like uh, shit on this fan or whatever mm-hmm. and when the person messaged me i just responded nicely when i eventually saw it and then they were like oh i also messaged these other podcast hosts and um you know maybe i shouldn't have messaged them and i was like i promise you that they just didn't see it yeah that's the other thing you need to know like um the, there's I, I miss follows i miss messages all the time because it might be a day where you're getting a ton of messages mm-hmm. it, it, yeah so that's another thing too when you're reaching out to people like they might just miss it or they might not know you're there yeah um the yeah. other thing too with like new york is so competitive that sometimes like um people want to be the comic like there was a comic in another state but they were saying that their name was like Irish blah and um, mm-hmm. and of course there was no other Irish comics but once they started hearing about other Irish comics they just changed it to their name but uh, and maybe that's what other comics were calling them mm-hmm. but let's say for an example like in competitive cities like New York some Irish comedian might be want to be the only Irish comedian mm-hmm. which I hate I don't I want that, that. Mm-hmm. I want like a community so that's why mm-hmm. like when I knew Irish comics were coming over like having the Irish show or with mm-hmm. the dead rabbit trying to, trying to get Irish comics on it or having like you know there's this uh, guy Aidan Kelly or Liam Dalton, he's like a first generation Irish, but like, you know, I, I try to get them to open if I, you know, my boyfriend obviously as well. Yeah. And then like my friends too, who are immigrants. But if I do yeah. like an Irish show, I'll have them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's like, you should want 
to build a community exactly. not be like it's sh- and it's like i remember when ashlyn b got like a 15 minute special on netflix which i still haven't watched and i should and i will yeah. um but uh so many comics messaged me and i wasn't like doing i don't know i feel like that was like six years ago or something yeah. it was a long, long time ago but i wasn't like living off comedy and loads of comics messaged me being like oh how do you feel now like they already have the irish comic on um netflix and i was like that doesn't mean they won't have oh, ir- other it's more it's good it means she's opening the door to like yeah. irish women yes 100%. and so yeah i hate the jealousy or the competition like oh well don't only book one irish person on a show and it's like that's not true yeah that's not and it's not like it's not like me and aaron are going to be on a show and we're we're not saying the same thing yeah um yeah. so uh yeah that it's like but i think it's so interesting you say that because i think sometimes like when you think about how people have like become successful in whatever their passion is or their career is like if we stop ourselves by saying and and sometimes I get that voice in my head myself without anyone saying it to me like I can't do that because someone's already done it or like there's no point in me creating a podcast because there's loads of other good podcasts like and even for it's it's funny you've said that because about like community and like supporting people so I think that like what I want to do with my next steps and I've talked the next steps of my podcast and I've talked to a few people over the last couple of weeks is create a community for navigating New York where like all these like messages that you get and that loads of other people get about like you know people trying to figure out their visas and you know meet friends and they're like have a network for them and mm-hmm. um, just as like a support group that's not like it you don't have to be x y or z you don't have to be employed you don't have to have a corporate job you don't have to like there should be no real the only thing you kind of should like have to be is having moved to new york like mm-hmm. and you want to make new friends and because there are loads of really great networking groups, but sometimes they're quite specific to like if you work in digital or if you, you know, are like a young leader in some sort of a in like some sort of a corporate setup. So I think that but I was talking to like a, like a couple of people about it and they were like, you should totally do that, like create a Navigate New York community. And I'm like, yeah, but there's other ones. And, and I'm like, I doesn't matter if there's other ones doesn't like I, why. So we we have enough of that in our own head, I think, to like where other people are going to like. Like, I just think we can get caught up and stuck in our own heads whenever, like, even when you think about, like, the best inventions in the world, like, they can't be, like, I'm sure people weren't, like, or even in tech now and all these amazing startups, like, yes, you're always going to, there's always going to be something similar or something of the same sort out there, but you can't let it stop you sort of do what you're you're doing. But it's funny because I've seen people do that. Like, they say that the Irish, like, the Irish fitness trainer of New York or the Irish whatever. it's like there's loads like you, there's millions of us here yeah 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 and like yeah it it's whatever it is yeah. what it, it it is what it is but it's also like you also don't want it to be just defined by being Irish it's like so yeah. it's a nice cute quirk that we have here I'm yeah. gonna say that it's like a quirk to them to yeah. the Americans because they're like you sound adorable or I you're know. or we're just you know there is stuff in our culture that I think is quite nice yeah. that we just have automatically if it's like politeness or the fact that you brought cookie or cu- uh, cupcakes that's so sweet that's so Irish it's so cake. sweet it's so nice and um but yeah you don't also just want to be the Irish person you're no. yourself yeah and you're, you have a lot more to offer yeah. uh uh, and even when I started comedy, it was like I didn't want to just rely on um, talking about Irish stuff. Now I do talk about Irish stuff because I also was like, I don't want to not be able to talk about it, yeah. you know, because sometimes uh, in comedy, it's exhausting. They're like, you can't talk about being a woman. You can't talk about your period. You can't talk about 
if you're Irish, you shouldn't talk about it because that's hack. You can't talk about being a fish out of water. You can't talk about dating apps. You can't blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, nah, you, you can talk about anything. Just make yeah. it. Make it. Who creates them rules? Just fucking older, bitter comics. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm, I don't really want to follow you. Yeah. You're like still, you're, we're on the same show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a great idea. And I think that's another thing about like, if you are Irish and listening to this, like a not just to go into an Irish community yeah like there's a I'm glad that I made friends who are like South American yeah or um you know my Middle Eastern friends have like Mm. let me celebrate Eid with them and stuff like that and that's stuff that I would have never got to do if I didn't just if I was like just like I need to come over and be in and Woodlawn again is great and that's your choice but it's nice to sometimes like venture out and yeah. meet people from different. Oh, a hundred percent. I think that's so important about when you leave home is not, is to actually be on that adventure, no matter where you're from. And I think that we're blessed as like a group in this country to have this sort of respect that we have and the sort of love that we have because, mm. but it wasn't always that way. You know, it mm. was not that way, especially in New York, like even like a hundred years ago, it wasn't that way. So, but I think, I think I see that with people sort of getting stuck in there it and it it could be in any real way like I, I think sometimes we like sometimes I do remind myself I'm like we're living in New York like let's do something complete and it was actually being in South America that made so many places that we saw I was like that sort of reminds me a little bit of yeah. New York like Buenos Aires and Argentina and I'm like we it really when you actually go out and see all of like where a lot of the cultures in America come from and you see them their their actual countries like ecuador like Mm. you know or like the dominican republic and Mm. the caribbean then when you come to new york you have such an appreciation for why people have tried so hard to get here and their stories are so interesting and like for instance like i really admire like Maeve higgins because as an irish comic and writer like she's really engrossed and like herself in this like culture of new york and she writes about all sorts of issues that aren't just specific to being irish and and yeah, I think that's like, there's no point really moving anywhere, London or anywhere, Canada, if you're not sort of going to experience the diversity of where you are. So it's it's great to have the roots that we have and be so loved by America in general. But yeah, there's more to be in, in New York than just, you know, and I think we can sometimes like limit ourselves with like who, what we think our identity is, you know, because we've kind of been brought up in a small country and as, and it's so that's why like I'm not just saying this to be like cliche or like fangirlish but it's so cool to see you doing such a good job of comedy and like giving yourself putting yourself out on a stage literally that's like I've never seen anyone in our sort of like age group do it and I'm like this is so cool like and that's like you couldn't do that if you just stayed in your own lane or if you just yeah. said I'm not good enough or they won't get me or you know have that kind of insecurity so yeah and I think more and more people are doing that they're like especially like now with like TikTok and everything they're able to be more expressive and not feel like they're gonna get like judged because there's a niche for everything yeah (laughs) and I think people are more now taking risks and with the whole thing of like getting in trouble and getting cancelled um you know like and when I say cancelled I mean like not like you're you attacked people and Mm -hmm. you're a bastard not that but I mean yeah you should be cancelled but I mean like um 
people are just getting cancelled on TikTok for someone misinterpreting what they said but it's happening so casually now that I think people are getting more comfortable with okay people are going to misinterpret what I say so it's okay so yeah I think it's like getting to a yeah yeah it's like but that's it's like inception or something because you're like hi wait okay so is this person now apologizing for what they thought someone like that's kind of like I've it took me a while to understand what catfishing is and sometimes I'm like not catfishing sorry gaslighting (laughs) (laughs) gaslighting it's like when you when I actually can't really maybe I don't understand what gaslighting is but sometimes I go on TikTok and I'm like wait so this person is apologizing about how they were interpreted and then I'm like wait you have to go back and be like I express myself in a way that I shouldn't have it's yeah it's bizarre I don't know how like I actually deleted TikTok because I never really got into TikTok and then when we were traveling I was like oh like people were like you should create TikToks because all your like pictures and videos are amazing and I created like three videos and got like some good views. And then I was like spending time on my phone. And I was like trying to be when we were away, not be on my phone. I was like, yeah, I'm just deleting the app. So because, yeah, you just go in. Do you, you do a lot of TikTok? Yeah, it's a nightmare. You kind of have to, though. It's a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. It's just, um, I, yeah. And it's like, um, you know, I don't really do anything political. And then I'll do like the odd crowd work or something. And uh, I'm like how you would also don't know words because <laughs> the comments that they're commenting they're like this is and whatever word they're saying i'm like that is actually not the definition you can't just say someone is that you you have you even watched this kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> make Maybe they haven't yeah it doesn't fucking make any sense <laughs> <laughs> i did not say this about you yeah, sir yeah but um yeah it's just mental um when uh so you went away for how many months? We went just under four months. So we went um, on, when we go? 20th of December. And we traveled. So Brian's really good with geography. I'm so bad with geography. And he's like, he has just always, I actually think his knowledge of like, in a trivia quiz, he like knows out all the answers about different countries and cities. And whereas I, I don't know why I didn't pay attention in geography. I don't, <laughs> I just literally don't know. Well, I know general like continents and countries, but he's, he really had put time into like our itinerary um. and so yeah we went again we started and it was in, just the two of you just the two of us this yeah. is so great so we backpacked we had enormous mine was a 35 liter backpack i think his was like a 50 liter backpack and um we stayed in hostels and south america is so cheap like we started in colombia so i'll just tell you all the places yeah. we went quickly so we started in colombia then we went to ecuador bolivia then we went to Argent, or sorry, Chile, and then Argentina, and then we went to Brazil, and then we finished in Peru. It's amazing. So it was the best. Like it was, it was out of this world. It really, like the people in all of the, like all the places we went. Just we, we don't speak Spanish, but we learned. We learned. I'm gonna say a fair bit. Like we were able to converse a little bit on the when we like after two months. We had like Spanish for dummies and we had like Duolingo and all those apps downloaded. But like until you're actually in a country and they all have different accents as well. Like everybody obviously speaks Spanish, but except for in Brazil, they speak Portuguese, which we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> we just had gotten like a grasp of it. But and now it's like we're we're trying every week to like learn a little bit more Spanish and actually do lessons because it's also a really handy language to have here. Yeah. Like. But um, so, yeah, we did. We sort of averaged at about two weeks in each country, two and a half in some. And um, like when we went to Columbia, so we, we rented out our apartment in Jersey to a lovely couple 
So our rent was paid. And when we were in Colombia, we started in Cartagena and then we went to Medellin, which is like Medellin was incredible. That's where like Pablo Escobar lived. And like that was like the most dangerous city in South America for like 20 years ago. It was like the you wouldn't go to Medellin ever. Like there'd be no tourism there. There was all the communities, a lot of war in, in the city itself. And now it's like the most vibrant, like recovered, like or city like it's so colorful and the people like there's no very little violence there now and it was like it we just we absolutely loved Colombia and when we were there we were like we are actually saving money by being here because like a coffee which was amazing it was like 50 cents and like you go out for dinner like we were in Santa Marta which was it's kind of like a rural sort of beach town and we would like have dinner on the beach by our hostel and like have the beers and like people just selling stuff on the beach and it would be like 10 US dollars we were like this is insane like we couldn't then we would even go to cheaper countries like Bolivia which is just a, like a very kind of it's like an an underprivileged country like their economy isn't great but they're like the happiest people ever and again like you couldn't like we had budgeted for countries and like we didn't even hit the budget because also hostels and stuff are so affordable like we were saying now our only rule was we weren't going to do dorm rooms because we had so much shit. Like we had literally so much, like our bags were huge. And also we were like, do you know what? We're 30. We're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's okay. So like for $5 extra, you get a private room with like a bathroom. Um, and yeah, like I was like, some of these hostels are nicer than like, the apartments in New York like they have like warm water and they're clean <laughs> New York has prepared you for yeah, your traveling exactly exactly but no if, have you ever been anywhere in South America no I really want to go oh but God. is it hard now to readjust coming back to New York like oh god I, it was a bit of a culture shock so um but no we're back for two weeks now and it I have to say like it was the most amazing experience, but there's also something nice about being in one place again mm. because it is. It sounds like so on like an ungrateful thing to say, but like traveling does become a little bit exhausting. Mm. And like we met people like for who were traveling for a year, like backpacking, and they were kind of like in their last few months, and they're like, yeah, we're kind of like excited to. <laughs> it's both. What do you, it depends what age you're at. Like we met quite a few like people in their like young 20s who've just like finished college and they are just like loving life because you know you don't really have a standard for living then you're yeah, kind of yeah. like like as long as I have somewhere to lie down in the evening I'm good so yeah. but it definitely was a bit of a culture shock I think what we were most shocked by was like even in the last four months how more expensive like day-to-day -day things have gotten like our groceries and coffee yeah. and Jesus, yeah. coffee is like fucking seven dollars, and then um, for anybody who doesn't live in New York, they put up a thing and they're staring at you, and it says the tip, the tip. and it says like eighteen twenty percent, so eighteen percent, twenty percent, twenty two percent, but actually, traditionally for a beer, it's a dollar. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden now for a coffee, I'm having to tip more than a fucking dollar mm -hmm. for whatever way it works out, um, percentage wise. Mm. I don't know if I'm doing the maths right, but my my coffee, like if I get a nice coffee, it turns out to be like over eight dollars. It's ridiculous. And I read an article about oh tipping. Um, oh, what was the word they use? It's like it's like how New Yorkers especially are getting really anxious about having to buy things like. Because, like, essentially, if you're not paying for service, so if you're not sitting down somewhere and having someone bring it to you, you don't, in my opinion, you don't really have to tip. Like, because mm -hmm. you're just go, it's like a to-go. Yeah. Um, 
or you can you don't have to tip 20 percent like mm-hmm. and now and even if you buy like an ice cream from somewhere they'll have that ipad and they'll turn it around you're like what like why am i tipping 20 percent on this so and we obviously have the power to say no but then you're like but they're staring at you yeah, i can't i yeah. feel so guilty but i'm like also like this is crazy yeah oh tipping fatigue that was the it was like how like now new yorkers are spending less than they usually would on these things like coffee because it's actually it's it's having that knock on effect where you're not just going out to grab a five dollar coffee now it's all costing ten dollars yeah. so i think like sales are gonna have gone down a little bit of like general sort of like to go things whereas like yeah and i guess we never carry cash anymore as well so you're kind of like i was just talking about this to someone like i still don't know what like cookies are do you know like on a website and like we were talking about that thing where every every time you talk about something that comes up on your phone and you're like oh shit like i was just talking about costco and there it is on my phone or i was talking about skiing and then there's an ad for skiing and uh i was like but i think when we go on a new website and it says accept all cookies that we shouldn't hit yes but I yeah. just hit yes yeah, yeah. I don't know why I hit yes and I, I don't know wanted, what I just don't confuse like, I want I it to be like, done yeah, I just want to fucking read the article it's like what happens if you press no like is this why they know all our location services <laughs> so like, do you want your location services on this app I'm like yeah why not like now yeah. I can be tracked <laughs> yeah well thank god because I got some crazy exes <laughs> I'm just waiting for one to come out of the woodwork <laughs> No, you know what the tipping to? I'm gonna make a stance. I don't. I don't understand the tipping on the coffee. And I know my friend one time was a barista, and she was like, "Oh, it's so rude when people don't tip on coffee." And then um, Karen Fian was on the podcast, and she was like, "Oh, we should always tip on coffee, blah blah." And I get it, but it's also like, you, you're you're doing well. You've a bit of money. Um, I don't come from the tipping culture. Yeah, like that. Whereas I underst- I actually think I understand when you tip a bartender. You are sitting down, you're chatting. I fucking bartended. They they chat. I, I become a therapist. Mm-hmm. And so they tip a dollar on a beer. And if they like you, they tip two. And sometimes they throw an extra. But I am chatting them. I'm giving that service. I get to know the name. I know the mm-hmm. drink order. I'm walking in. I'm grabbing a coffee. This fucking cunts. This fucking coffee place that I go to. It's very handy. But I'm telling you, every time he gets my order wrong, and every time I've tipped, and every time he's rude to me. Yeah. So I, I, I am being lazy because it's close. Um, and then we, we actually found, me and my friend found another coffee place, and the guy is so nice, and he was so sweet while he was making it. And I was going to be leaving, but I kind of thought, you know what? I actually don't mind yeah. tipping. But yeah. if you're going to be rude, and you're also getting the order wrong every fucking time, yeah. and then you... Um, kind of throw it at me and then I'm not hanging around you're not chatting yeah I just don't know what I am tipping for and the I know because I bartended the rate of pay has gone up so it's mm. not like the olden days mm. and it may not it may still you might feel it's not survivable but also if you're coffee shop you're during the day whereas yeah. bartenders are giving up their night a lot mm-hmm. of the time even when I daytime bartended I was like I don't really know why people are giving me so much money. Because, yeah. you know, I, I have, I have, but they were <laughs> also, <laughs> I was chatting to them. And yeah. a lot of the time, and sometimes people who would go sit outside, they wouldn't leave a tip. And I remember my coworker was complaining. He'd worked a shift and he was like, oh, you know, sometimes they go out. And I'm kind of like, well, you know what? Like, yeah, I kind of yeah. get it. Yeah. We're already making loads of money. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I think that they're just like having a quick one and they're yeah. running out. You know, you're not dropping it down to them. You're not chatting to them. They're not yeah. sitting at the bar. Yeah, I think the tipping culture has definitely changed. Like I've noticed that as well in terms of like when I moved here, I was waitressing and I was a hostess first, which was the most soul destroying job in the world. Oh, my God. It's like to all the hostesses out there, just hang in there because you will get the waitressing jobs in because it is it's just so boring. You're standing. I remember in the summer, if you stand in like in on the 
nearly on the sidewalk with like the, the kind of podium in front of you and you'd just be like please somebody talk to me <laughs> it's like so grim it's character building but it's grim but then when whenever you get like the chance to waitress I always like what I did really enjoy about it is like you kind of do have to give a little bit you have to not perform but you have to kind of if you want to be tipped well I think you do want to make their experience nice mm-hmm. and so totally sometimes people like would only tip a small amount and I'm like oh yeah maybe I actually or I got that thing wrong and so that kind of makes sense but now it's kind of like this kind of across the board tip and it's just like it's a little bit it's a little bit insane it is it is and even like even at some and it also is at some bars where the guy you know you go in they're like what do you want yeah and you're like uh not to give you any money anymore yeah. fuck why are my friends here yeah i just i really think the tipping extra is to do with the hey how are you like yeah. the, like when i went back to ireland i found that someone was saying to me that the service was shite and i did not find that at all i found everybody was so friendly and nice yeah. and i was like i was tipping i was tipping the way you would in america because i was just used to it but i also was like happy to and then they were like oh my god thank you so much because like yeah. i guess it's more like 10 percent there yeah but um you know it's funny about the hosting i tried to ho- i uh bartended in ireland i did waitress in ireland and uh here i bartended and, and uh waitress uh but I, when i went to chicago on a j1 i could not get a bartending or a waitress job to save my life and it was yeah they wanted you to start off as a host now in new york it was different thankfully i got in with an irish guy and i was bartending pretty pretty quickly like yeah. i was waitressing at a bear burger and then i was bartending an irish bar after but when i was hosting that is the hardest job. Sorry, I, I've never, for me, like, it depends on what your capabilities are. I can carry seven plates. I can remember your drink, your crazy long drink orders. But I, the phone was ringing nonstop. Oh. And I, I didn't know, I didn't know where the hold is or whatever. <laughs> I hung up on the owner and he was an Shit. Irish guy and yeah. he was pissed. And I just didn't come in the next day. No. I think I did like a weekend there and I was like, this is way too stressful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stressful. And it's also like, if you're not busy, it's boring as hell because yeah. you don't have anyone to talk to. You have to stay at the front of the fucking restaurant. And you're like, yeah. And then you get someone and you're like, oh, my God. And then you sit them down and then you're like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, no, I do appreciate like I I loved the days of waitressing here, though. Like even in my first job, I like I continued to waitress like two or three nights a week, maybe two nights a week on a weekend day. But that's when I like really started to make friends that like I probably wouldn't have come across like anywhere else. Like, you know, like people who from New York and yes. the cool bartenders and like and then you go out like it was like when I think about my first few years in New York, like they were like gregarious. Like we were I like we were just out partying all the time. And like I would finish on a Saturday because I would do a Saturday double. I worked in a in a like bar restaurant in Turtle Bay and like oh that's crazy yeah, Turtle Bay was crazy there was a bar across the road that everybody used to go to maybe it was called Turtle Bay but it was like when we finished at like um, I finished my shift at 11 so it'd be like 10am to 11pm and then I the first thing I'd do was would be like sit up at the bar and like count my money or whatever I would do and then the bartender would make me like a cocktail of like his own like he was Irish actually he's really funny and he would like be like try this and he'd like make something really extravagant and I'd be like oh my god that's so great then I'd have like three waiting for my friend Kelly who was an American waitress she didn't finish to 12 so I'd just be waiting for her and drinking up and then I'd be like then we would literally go out until like 4 or 5 a.m and then I'd have to like 
recover on the Sunday and then go to work on the Monday, like go to my office job on the Monday because I was like interning in an office for the first nine months. And I was like, but I could do it back then. Now, I, but no way. I would just like be exhausted. No, no. the hangovers are days, days after your 30s. Days. And I'm sure that was, was that hard for you when you got here? Like when you were doing comedy, did you feel like you needed like to drink a little bit to like get confidence or how, what's that relationship like for you in terms of performance and no I always drank a lot until comedy okay. and then I was like um I never wanted to drink before when I started doing it because I didn't want to like rely on it and I wanted also I was just like was like I really wanted to do this I wanted to figure out how to make it work and you know I had been an artist before so like yeah. you know you have a project you built you know I would never drink doing that figuring mm. it out, out how to um make the art piece make sense or whatever yeah. so for me it, it was like no I would I never drank um went on stage and then I would drink a lot afterwards and then a couple of things happened that I was like you know what this is because the comedy world is it can be it can be great but it can also border on incel so mm-hmm. you you as a woman if you're in these spaces and it and not to ever blame um but uh because it's just not our fault but you are you know you're drinking after late the mics could go as late as 12 a.m 1 a.m and then mm. you're drinking with all these and it's majority men um and it just can get a little lines and blurred and get a little yeah. unsafe so i think for me i was like i don't i don't want that i really want to i want to excel at this so i want to do as many mics as many shows when i started out um but then not drink afterwards so yeah. it actually stopped me i used to be a big binge drinker but yeah. it stopped me drinking as much that's amazing yeah which i think is the opposite story for a lot of <laughs> yeah no it is like you should <laughs> that was super like that's great that you kind of identified that early on that if you want to be taken seriously and like not get yourself into not not you weren't being taken seriously but i think the hangover part would really really would affect really does affect like creative people a bit more because you're like so I was talking to a friend about this who's a writer and I was like you really have to be creative with your brain and like the one thing that doesn't work for me when I'm hungover is my brain like I just can about function through the day so like that's in 2019 I totally stopped drinking I haven't drank since so that's like almost four years that's amazing thank you so much it is a game changer I think when you drink less such a game changer like people often said like I did I I sort of had a what I think a worrying relationship with alcohol so and it really was like accelerated in New York like obviously in university I drank and like we had great freshers weeks and like I think everyone in their college years has that kind of party thing and it's kind of excused because it's like you're in college that's fine as long as you kind of got something out of it you're fine but then as I say when I moved to New York and like oh sorry I think I hit the mic um oh you're okay when I moved to New York and I was like working in bars or waitressing everything was like it, it was I wouldn't say like bad then but then in like a few years time when I was working like a lot and then I would like be working in events so when I worked like in a, in the museum I was always at events I was either hosting them or going to fundraising events or like going to something else that like had to be we were supporting and I just found myself and at everything's an open bar like at these kind of like at luncheons there would be open bars and I'm like what the fuck this is great I'm gonna have a wine and then I just find myself kind of like my health I like my both mental and physical health I felt were like deteriorating and I like I suppose I just was like one month I was like I'm just gonna try to stop drinking and see what happens and like that month it was like September I remember and then October came and I was like you know what? I'm gonna keep going and then like within a year and like I dropped like two stone in weight like yeah. I've I'm obviously very tall but like 
I was like, I wasn't exercising because I was always exhausted from work and then I would have a couple of drinks and then I'd be like, mm, I'll go to the gym in the morning and then I wouldn't. And I'm like typically quite an athletic, like sporty person. I just love like running and all. And uh, so then, then that, and then it actually totally changed my experience in New York because I started to enjoy like the day, like the weekends and like yeah. go to more things and like, and I think people, alcohol affects people differently but I think what my hangover like my husband Brian like when he gets hungover he's just he's like doesn't feel well like physically mm -hmm. I always felt fine physically but I would like my mind would be so like dark I'd be like yeah. so low and I could have no productivity or I'd be like what did I say or, yeah, like does oh that God. person like me or did the I fear. do this and even the fear the fear the fear it's just the most accurate way to describe that mm -hmm. feeling i'm like i'm happy to never have the fear ever again mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god i i i completely i was like that the same it really affected my mental health and more more recently i've been back like letting myself have uh, a few extra drinks and and waking up like <gasps> yeah. like with a with a yeah, fright and yeah. i'm like waking up guilty but i didn't do anything yeah. i didn't there's nothing like to feel I didn't cheat on my boyfriend I didn't yeah. rob someone I didn't murder someone <laughs> yeah. I feel guilty because did I chew the ear off that person yeah. like and they don't care they were drunk too but I it's know. it's hard to navigate that it is hard and it's really funny now like as a kind of sober person like I still I love to socialize and love to be like I actually made this statement with Brian after we traveled and he's like you're really like you're good at like staying out whenever you're not drunk like and I'm like, I'm good at staying out as long as the people around me are good crack. Yeah. If they're good fun, I'm happy to chat till all hours yes. and dance. And, but if you're with someone who's a bore or is like a sponge, you're just like, oh my God, like I could be in bed and I love bed. So <laughs> I love early nights. But I know. It's good, like I know, I know exactly. Even now, like I'll limit myself to one or two a lot of the times and I can still stay out and have fun. And yeah. when I was in Canada, my friend brought me a salsa dancing and I only had two drinks. Um, I think like, yeah, I think it was only two. Um, but we were out dancing, having so much fun. But then exactly the same, there'll be other times where I'll be like, okay, I'll go to this party, but I, I can't drink tonight because whatever, I'm just trying to save money or something. And I'm like literally like having FOMO for like SVU at yeah. home on the couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's fine too. Like I think, I think it depends where your energy is and like how you've, you know, how you've had, like I always feel like if I plan something after like a busy busy day or a busy week I'm like I'm gonna be so tired like I know I'm, like we did a quite a few things yesterday we met like friends we hadn't seen in ages and literally last night like 10 o'clock I was like I am exhausted because we have to like I think especially when you're kind of like an extrovert or you're yeah it's it can be tiring but if you're I think that when you get energy from people around you you can you can last and you can have a good night but yeah. I also think it's funny though what you were saying there about people you know, when we have the fear, like, so now I, I'm with some of my friends and we'd be out and they'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry about last night. And I'd be like, no, you literally didn't do anything wrong. Like that is alcohol telling you that you did something. You were devil. fine. You were hilarious. Um, like I would never judge anyone for, unless he did something like actually bad and you mm -hmm. try to like get them away from that situation. But like, yeah, it's, it is like for me and not to be like luxury on it, but it is like the only, it's, it's a legalized drug. And I think it's, just to be careful like that is one thing I would say no matter where you're from in the world that when you move somewhere like to a city like New York you it can eat you up like I 
and you can get really lost in that side of things I think you can get lost in like alcohol you can get lost in drugs you can get lost in the wrong groups like I actually have a podcast there's an an Irish guy I really admire he's a he's an author he's called Colin Broderick I'm not sure if you've heard of him he's also um he's made a few films um and he will say it himself because he said it on numerous podcasts and stuff um, he was at one point begging for money in Times Square mm-hmm. and like he ha- he was homeless and like he's from Ireland and he's like had a job when he moved here mm-hmm. he worked in construction and like he you know was young and full of hope and dreams and and he he literally t- he has a book about it called orangutan orangutan um I can never say that right it's like the monkey orangutan yeah I know <laughs> like I, I I can't say it either. Yeah, I don't orangutan. know how to say that I think it doesn't have a g at the end but anyway uh, and orangutan the, I always say it with a tang a tang dang dang that orangutan. must be an Irish thing Maybe there's apparently is. a bunch of words we can't say yeah I bet <laughs> there's plenty of words we can't say and we mispronounce it but uh he so his book is all about it's a really good book if you are interested in like addiction and stuff like he talks about how his whole journey just totally kind of got like it, it went from normal to like not normal really yeah. quickly and then he found himself having lost everything his apartment his and like he he now has written like three books he's got a family they live in jersey and he's super happy he's sober and like i i remember reading that book and we were actually I was it's really mad. I was away. I was had to get my visa renewed, and I went to the Bahamas. My immigration attorney was like, "You should go to the Bahamas because it's a much easier, it's a quicker process with the you like with the U.S. embassy." So I was like, "Sure, I'll go to the Bahamas." And like, I was there on my own. It was bizarre. Didn't need to know that, but I went. No, how long were you there for? Like literally four days. Okay. I I couldn't That's take hilarious. much time off work, so I had to go do my appointment. Get if. If some people don't know, you have to like give your passport and it has to be like into the visa has to be put into your passport. Anyway, so it worked out and I like stayed in like a hostel and it was great. Um, But I read the book on that trip and I was like, like having a drink when I was there and I was like, okay, yeah, this is I'm just going to like take a break. And the book really changed my way of like thinking about like how you can kind of I think in New York, especially you can kind of let yourself get carried away with things Mm. because there are no rules because you're really here on your own. You know, you've got your friends, but there's no actual rules for like, people aren't going to be like, you shouldn't do that. Like mm-hmm. you really can do whatever you want. So you kind of have to be careful about what your choice is, especially if you've been brought up, maybe not with getting like all these things. I think like when you come to America in general, you're like, wow, there's so much here. Like mm-hmm. I could do this all. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's definitely something I've like been a good choice for me in the last few years. I think I'm much happier as a person no no that's i think that's great to hear and it's you know the stereotype is that irish people like our booze all that Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. um and i think we do um and i even found that a bit hard when i would try to hang out with some irish groups here it was just like drinking drinking and then i'd be like and i hate to perpetuate the stereotype but it was something i noticed more with my irish and irish american friends my irish americans are also guilty for this too whereas i'd be like ah you know i just want to have one and then they buy me a drink Mm mm-hmm I remember even times being like, I'm actually on antibiotics and then my friend buying me a drink. And mm. I'm like, this is really, it's quite hard to say no to. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it, whereas I find a little different with my American friends. They're like, oh yeah, they're like, you know, they, they don't, they're just like, yeah. they, they can kind of did not get as trashed but it might be a comedian thing too comedians tend to drink a lot at parties and stuff like that as well yeah um but yeah i think uh it, it's just 
if it's affecting your mental health yeah and never an addiction and just mm. lose everything that's yeah. amazing that that guy got out of that i know and like for him to be so like upfront and like open and honest about it i think it's like a vulnerability that sometimes is like obviously very hard to kind of express yeah. if you've gone that low but i think that like i actually started what when i started my podcast there was a few episodes that kind of came up about like alcohol and then I got like people messaging me about like oh that's so cool like I never thought you know it's I think it's in general there's a movement now I think you see it a lot in Ireland as well and in the UK like there's and even when we were traveling South America like you can get like non-alcoholic beer you can get non-alcoholic cocktails you can get everything I think people are definitely more aware of like that there's there's you know you don't need to drink and it's no judgment if somebody doesn't drink like and I think yeah. that's the most important conversation around it is like if so like I often used to find at the beginning people like why are you not drinking and I'd be like oh just and they'd be like are you an alcoholic and I'd be like don't like what like let's yeah. just slow down don't like people often will try to like re if they have an insecurity about their own relationship with what it's, it's mm-hmm. like in anything in life if you, people can sometimes like project their insecurity onto you yeah. and I'm always so I'm always just like it's it's nice to not be as judgmental and just like let people have their choice no matter what that is like in general and not I think that's something that like we're quick to do as like just as people in general is to react and like not like understand I think that's a really good point because uh, I when I was on tablets for a while and I wasn't drinking and people were like why aren't you drinking like oh you know and it's like this isn't about you mm-hmm. you know like the only reason why for you to feel pissed off that I'm not having a drink or trying to buy me a drink when yeah. I'm on the like it, it, you know, I'm not judging you for drink. Not I think sometimes when people drink heavily and you're not drinking, they think you're judging, and it's like yeah. you're the one actually judging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. isn't about you. It's my own personal journey. Yeah. I'm jealous that you can do this four or five times a week, have a full time job, and yeah. good for you. I yeah. fucking can. Yeah. And a couple of my friends who have quit booze. There's one friend in s- specifically who quit booze, and like that, like it wasn't like he was about to lose the house before mm. he quit. It was just more that it wasn't, he was feeling it like mm. with comedy and feeling like really uh, depressed the next morning after drinking and just probably maybe questioning himself what he said to other comedians. I don't even mm. think it was anything mm. like he hadn't yeah, killed anybody, but um, seeing his comedy in the past two years since he's quit booze, I feel like he's grown so much and I yeah. think it's right. I think whatever, if you're trying to be creative, a hangover, multiple hangovers a week are not going to help. No, no, I agree. I just, I think especially that creative brain is like more fragile, not more fragile, but like you will be harder on yourself. Like I even know when I try to like, if I'm working on a project or something and I've like, even now, like I'm like, is this a thing when you turn 30 or you're in your thirties that like, even if I don't get enough sleep, I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Me too. I feel like depressed if I don't get enough sleep. I'll like, I'll like go back to sleep and sleep till 2 p.m. just yeah. to get those extra. Yeah, like my sister was voicing over me the other day. We were talking. She'd like had a really busy morning. She She's self employed now. She like is a photographer and she's just amazingly creative. She used to work in corporate. So it's like a huge change. And like she had done like a sunrise photo shoot and she'd like done like this mountain walk. And she was like, I'm going to go for a nap. And I'm not one bit sorry about it. I was like, I do that too. Like, yeah. you do, if you have that freedom in the afternoon, take the nap. Yeah, look <laughs> after. I know sometimes people give me the side eye when I'm like, oh yeah, like I don't wake up to like one or something. Yeah, and they're like, fucking up until I'm, what time of night? I know. I'm like, now I have to explain myself. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, uh, you know, you're going to bed at nine. Yeah. I'm starting at nine. It yeah. is, it is back to the, 
this is again about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Okay, well, we should wrap this up because I don't want to take any more of your time. Where can everybody follow you on your podcast? Everyone can follow me. My podcast is at, it's on Instagram. My podcast page is navigating underscore New York. And my Instagram personal page is just at Sophie Colgan one amazing thanks for having me no thank you so much this was great and thank you everybody please sign up to the patreon forward slash the shift podcast please rate and review let me know what you think of the studio setup oh no oh no our painting was ruined oh no (laughs) okay well you know you know send me money on patreon and (laughs) okay i love you all bye Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 